WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name's Scott, here with you on the Spartan Sports Rep on the Impact 89FM. And joining me, only one person, we only need the two of us, it's Pavel. We, we make a cute little duo. We rant back and forth. Yes, I'm not sure that I would call it cute, but sorry, yes. That's the first thing that came to mind. Okay. Not right. the best word to use, sorry. It's alright, it's alright. We'll make do. <laughs> we have so much stuff to talk about. I was I was explaining to Autumn that we only need two of us because there's just so much information <laughs> to talk about that everybody else would just get in the way. I mean, there I have it labeled in my notes as just the bizarro world of football this weekend. Uh, it was ridiculous. So many upsets in college football. So many just strange games it, in the NFL. And oh, it was fantastic. You it's gotta great love it to see fan. other teams lose as long as Michigan State wins. You can watch exactly other teams go down. Exactly. And Michigan State just. Drop right in front of them. And, Keep and on you know, up in the polls. you know, the Lions—they didn't lose. Granted, they didn't play, but don't have don't have that anger weighing me down right now of having watched the Lions just lose. I'm free from that. They had a bye week, but they got a gorilla off their back. Exactly. I mentioned last week how one the Ford son he wanted Matt Millen to be gone, and I think. It's been probably about four years since there's been fire milling chants going on. Well, fans, it happened. Matt Millen is no longer the president or GM of the Detroit Lions. He was fired late, late Tuesday night. The information came through to the media on Wednesday morning. And although I wanted him gone, it's still a really strange time to make the move. Because middle of the season, they're 0-3. It's okay to fire coaches, which we'll get to you, Pavel. Being from St. Louis, he knows. <laughs> Scott Linehan was also fired, the head coach of the St. Louis Rams. He was fired today. But to fire a GM, that kind of shakes up everything. And the whole whole team of the Detroit Lions is kind of in disarray right now. But overall, it's for the better. Since Millen was hired, the Lions were 31-84. and that's 31 wins and 84 losses. That's the worst record in the NFL in that time. I think he was hired in 01, maybe? I think, yeah, I think he's been here for seven years. And that's 10 more losses than the second worst team, who I don't even think that's the Rams. I think it's the Oakland Raiders. And The Rams didn't used to be this bad. They have fallen off yeah. really quick. But, I mean, the Lions... Make the joke all the time. They've won one playoff game in 50 years, back in 93. And let's be serious. For all the fans who wanted to see him gone and think it's much, much better, it will be in two years. It's not like they're going to turn it around and win every game now. If they do, I will be amazed. I, If they finish the season 7-9, and nine, that'll be a great season for them after this. But five wins would be pretty yeah, five nice. wins even. I'm, the way they're going right now, five wins would be a step in the right direction. And who knows? Maybe now the players will feel better and just be motivated, thinking that everyone's counting them out. I mean, Matt Millen. It's it's really strange. And I was listening to all the reports about it because it happened happened so long ago. It feels like, and 
he was a linebacker in the pros. He was a defensive lineman in college. So you would think that the way that he would build a team would be to start, like, work on the defense and on the line and know that in the NFL these days, you need a good line, first off, <laughs> and a good defense, a strong defense. But Maybe no. You should be the next GM. I know. I think I've got just the right amount of experience. I played in junior high. Yeah. I've watched for a long time. There were, there were times when I wanted to be the GM of, you know, the Blues or the Rams myself. You know, you always want to be that guy. Okay, exactly. here's what we want to do. Here's what I want to do. I want to bring this guy in. I want to sign this top free agent, and we're going to win. Well, here's the thing. And Matt Millen, you would expect when he was signed that, okay, he's going to strengthen up the defense. He's really going to work for that. He knows what's at the core of a team. He was part of that. No, he goes for guys on the outside, the flashy picks. The, his first-round picks. Then the first, His first-ever first-round pick, he picked Jeff Backus. He's tackle still out of Michigan. Still he's there. still there. That's fine. That's an O-lineman. Then Joey Harrington. On the Falcons. He's he, actually, the he's not with the Falcons anymore. Yeah. No, I think he's with the Houston Texans. I'm not positive, but he's he's somewhere else. I saw it and I just kind of laughed. Hmm. But then Joey Harrington was not a bad pick at the time. I think it was the number three pick. He was the top quarterback of that class, and we did need a quarterback at the time. Then Charles Rogers. I don't blame him for drafting Charles Rogers because Charles Rogers was hot coming out of college. Exactly hot from Michigan out of State. Everybody Anybody wanted who, him. Who? Could have had their crack at drafting Charles Rogers, would have gotten this big disappointment on their exactly. hands. And it, it just, just happened, so happened to, be to be the Lions. And then, of course, the next year, we had two first round picks. He picks Roy Williams, who's still with the team, still not the elite receiver he should be. Run his mouth. Exactly. And Kevin Jones was the 30th pick that year, who he never really reached his full potential. I think that's the common thread here. They never reached their full potential, all of his picks. Then. Then the pick that was made of Mike Williams. That that was the worst pick he could have ever made. He had two receivers already from first-round picks, high draft picks. I think that was with both Jay Cutler and Matt Liner still on the board. He picked Mike Williams, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. That might be the wrong year. <clears throat> I don't think so. It might be right. Yeah. And then the next year he picked Ernie Sims. That's a great pick. It's one of those, who is that? I remember, I asked that. Who is that? That's a great pick. Because defense, those guys, it's far, it's a lot harder to mess up when you pick a defensive player. And he, he turned out to be great. Then Calvin Johnson, who's a good receiver. And then Gosner Shareless this year, another tackle. You know you know how when you have like a, a live fantasy draft, fantasy football draft or something, and you don't make the draft, and you have auto-pick pick it for you, and it just has no idea what guys are out for the year, and it picks just... A, the top available guy. I think that's what it looks like the Lions did, what Matt Millen did. The best available, didn't matter what position, it was always the receiver that was oh, best available. Was the top the top skill like they had a rating system and he's like, Well this guy's rated a ninety three still. But so Matt Millen is gone. Now it's time to find a new new president, new GM. And the thing that happens here is now when a new GM comes in, he'll bring in a new head coach. Rod Marinelli is in all likelihood. If he makes it through the season, I'll be surprised. Rod Marinelli, like I mentioned before we went on the air, he was hired the same offseason as Scott Linehan. So if I was the GM, if I was the interim GM, I, I really would get rid of Rod Marinelli. If you're cleaning house right now, if you fire Matt Millen, 
you might as well get maybe a different head coach. I don't know if you keep him and then let him go at the end of the year or what, but he seems like he still has his players a little bit. Scott Linehan he lost does. his players yes. a couple of weeks ago. Well, and that's the thing. Like, if When we bring in a new head coach, then there's all these players, all these moves we made, because Rod Marinelli is a Tampa 2 guy. It's the style of defense they ran. He brought in a whole new defense. All these players, they're thinking, okay, the head coach is going to be gone. He's the one who wanted us here. Now where are we going when a new head coach comes in, a new system comes in? They'll get all new players. So the Lions are probably not going to get back into it for another few years. The only good thing that you can think might come of this is maybe we'll, we'll be fighting it out for the first overall pick. With? <laughs> with with the St. Louis Rams, of course. And Brandon's telling me that Joey Harrington's actually a free agent right now. He was signed and cut by the Saints in the wow. offseason. Yeah. So he is far, far from football, probably. Another one of those high-profile quarterbacks. Oh, who's just he was so hyped up at that billboard in New York City. <laughs> I mean, he was, was so great. hyped up coming out of college. These guys, it's dangerous when they get so hyped up coming out of college and they get drafted. I mean... Wow, they're just waiting to just crash and burn. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I know back back in the summer, back before you even came on the show with me here, Pablo, I talked talked some baseball, and it was a long, long time ago, I think my second show, I said that the Detroit Tigers are out of it. And some people were angry. <laughs> I, I mean, I said that they were, they were out. They were six and a half games out of it at that point. Since I said that, for anybody who was upset that I could ever say that, they have not gotten a single game closer since that moment I said that. So, you might have doubted me then, but I turned out to be right. They are actually playing a meaningful game right now. And they, I just pulled it up. They are up 2-1. Wow. In, run. Yes, they did. In the sixth inning, they're playing the Chicago White Sox. And now the season's over, except for this one game. What happened, this is from the series from September 12th through the 14th. The game got rained out. The White Sox ended up being, without making this game up, they're a half game behind the Minnesota Twins. So if the White Sox win this game, they tie the Twins for the AL Central League. And play they another to, meaningful game yep, tomorrow. They have to play another playoff game tomorrow. And start their, if they win both games, then they go have on to start on Thursday and play the Tampa Bay and Rays. And play the Rays in Tampa. So Oh, it's 2-2, excuse me. 2-2. Two, wow. two. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what you know, happened. I, it's just updating real fast. Did you happen to catch any of the game? I My roommate woke me up, and I saw the first two innings. The, I saw it from the start until I came here on the show, and there are more White Sox fans. The stadium is full of White Sox fans. Um, there might be a couple it's, of Tigers fans here and Chicago. there. It's in Chicago. Oh, it's in Chicago? It's in Chicago. Is That's it really? Why. Yes. <laughs> I, yep. That would be the reason why there's okay. more White Sox I, fans I, there. I stand corrected. Yes. Yeah. The game's in both. It, the White Sox win tonight. They play in Chicago again tomorrow oh. night. Oh. Yeah, so... Well, I apologize. Yeah. And <laughs> the Tigers, they're actually playing kind of for respect. Hopefully ending the White Sox season. They're one of the more hated teams. And also, I was just looking. I haven't paid attention to the Tigers. I don't think anybody has. They they mailed it in a month ago. They are actually a half game behind the Kansas City Royals for last place in the American League Central. So if they win this, they tie for 
being the worst team in the AL Central. This, when they started this game today, they had they just didn't seem into it. They were not into it. I mean, like I said, they had plans to go on vacation last yeah, night I mean, and just leave. And they were ready done. to pack it up on Sunday. They didn't want to play this game, and Major League Baseball is forcing them to play this because it's a meaningful game for the team they're facing. And a lot of these guys have a foot out the door already. Todd Jones, Renneria is not getting his. They're not picking up his exactly. option. Uh, who was Kenny Rogers? There's a yep. bunch of guys. There's a lot who of just have their foots out the door already. Yep. The season. I mean, they were ready for the season to be over. For people who haven't heard, Todd Jones retired. That was another great piece of news to me. I remember everyone was let, like texting me, thinking I wouldn't know that Matt Millen was fired. I had a friend from Austin, Texas. He was Matt Millen got fired. I was like, yeah, I, I knew last night. And I was like, more interesting. Todd Jones retired because. For those of you that might recall, I do not like Todd Jones. I haven't liked him being a closer for about four years now. So I think that's long overdue. Chuck Hernandez was fired. He was a pitching coach. Jeff Jones, the bullpen coach, was also fired. Are these guys gone already for this game today? I'm not sure. Or are they done at the end of the year? I I would assume done at the end of the year. Because, But what why kind of would team, they... What kind of bench are they you going to have tonight? What kind of, yeah, nobody wants to be there. The coaches... You, you, I didn't baseball. see them, so you, I don't know. They might, they might have left, but you who knows who's Tigers, coaching them? Make them travel to yeah. Chicago overnight on a dark and rainy day. Just, oh, it's, it's miserable. it just sucks out there. Sad thing is that weather's coming our way too. Absolutely, though. it's already getting here. It looks yep. like. And then one piece of good news, I did my eyes did light up a little bit. I saw this. Brandon Inge will be the third everyday third baseman next year. I like Inge as a third baseman. He's the best defensive third baseman there is. He has a position finally. Yeah, exactly. He should win the gold glove at third base. Somehow he won't because his batting average is too low. Now people might be listening out there and saying, well, gold gloves for defense. Batting average doesn't matter. Yes, it does. You can't bat 200 and win a gold glove. It's it's more popularity. David Wright isn't that good of a fielder, yet he still won the Gold Glove last year. He's okay. Not taking that away from him. But there's then the only problem that that holds is Carlos Guillen is moving to left field. His third position in three years. Apparently, he he was an outfielder before he came into the pros. So, so back when he, he was, was 18, a first baseman as well. Yeah, and a it, shortstop. Exactly. And I, he's going to go to second base in two years. Yeah, who knows where he's going to be. He'll be a DH eventually. And the only problem is now we don't have a catcher. We traded away Pudge. And that was kind of the moment when that was when I said that they're done. It was after they traded Pudge. I said, well, they gave up. And so now we don't have a catcher. If Inge is moving to third base, there's that. And then the other thing with Todd Jones retiring, we need a closer. Carl, or um, Zumaya, Joel Zumaya and Fernando Rodney, they're, they're no good. Uh, their injuries and their head cases now. They what don't if they sign K Rod? That's what I was getting at. K Rod, Francisco Rodriguez. You got to be leading though to get to the ninth. You got to get to the ninth exactly. to him. Exactly. If he you is a free agent. Money this year. on K Rod. You know, where's the other production going to come from? Where are we going to get? Are where are they going to get that lead exactly. to start that's, with? That's the problem. But Francisco Rodriguez, he set the saves, single season save 62. record. 62. The old record was 57, mm-hmm. I think. And he is a free agent for the Angels. The Angels don't have the money to go get him and Teixeira and one of their other starting pitchers, Shields, I do believe. Saunders. Is this, okay. Joe Saunders. Yeah, that's the other one. I knew one of their good starters. 
So they don't really have the money. The Yankees have Mariano Rivera. The Red Sox have Papelbon. The Mets, the problem is, before my thinking, they had Billy Wagner signed through next year. Billy Wagner's going to be out because he... His arm is toast, basically. That's the probably the biggest competition. Right he has now. had so much work done to his throwing arm. I, I can't believe he keeps coming back. I mean, there's a, there. Yeah. This surgery, if he comes back f- from it, I'll be amazed. And if there's another surgery to follow in the next few years, he has got well, to hang it he's up. He's old. He's he's in his late thirties, mid to late thirties right now. Anyways, so I don't see him. He knows that he's done with the Mets, basically, and that's that's the team. It's they probably have the lead for K-Rod. And then the other thing, there's a couple other good points to this season. Miguel Cabrera, he leads the American League in home runs. He's not going to give that up because yeah, because uh, Carlos Quinton is second. He's done. He's third in RBIs. He was the one good spot. Magdalio Ordonez is fifth in the American League in batting average. That's about it. They're playing for pride, trying to keep the White Sox out. There, There's your baseball, everybody. I haven't said anything about it for like six weeks because it's been bad. They're still tied 2-2 from what I can see. But then the playoffs we have coming up. Quick picks for the playoffs? Quick picks. We've got the Phillies playing the Brewers, the Cubs playing the Dodgers in the National League. Then, like we said, the winner of the Twins... White Sox playing the Tampa Bay Rays, and then we have Red Sox versus, versus Angels. Versus Angels, yes, in the American League. I'm going to go with the Dodgers. Dodgers over the Cubs. Over the okay. Cubs, because not only do I hate the Cubs, I think the Dodgers have all all the little pieces. They have Joe Torre. They have Manny Ramirez. Manny Ramirez made. They that have Casey the Blake, league. who. Those two acquisitions, Ramirez and Casey Blake, wow, they're their entire offense right now. And a lot of guys are coming back. They're getting healthy. For Call is back. I think Jeff Manny Kent Ramirez should win the National League MVP. I don't think so. Well, that's because for you're half from a St. Season. Louis. Um, I'm going to go with the Phillies over the Brewers because the Phillies just got done sweeping the Brewers in it's four true. games. The Phillies. I and covered the Phillies for part of the most of the summer, most of the season. Pitcher wise. CC Sabathia just pitched it last night, you know, a complete game, complete pitched game, him into yep. the playoffs. So he's not going to get a start until maybe game three. By that point, they might be down 2 0. You know, it might be too little, too late. Yeah. So it's a best of five. Ben Sheets is injured. So. Ben Sheets is done for the year. Yeah. You've got Jeff Supon, who might start game one, I think. And he is a great, he's, he was with the Cardinals. He was always a really good pitcher in the playoffs. So he might be a really good starter because. He always was reliable in the playoffs for the Cardinals. Took him to the World Series. Yep, yep. Well, see, I know there's a lot of there's a lot of Cubs fans everywhere. I don't really understand it, but there are. Pavel's from St. Louis. He hates the Cubs with a passion. It's it's been said. Oh, it's true. <laughs> and I actually I like the Cubs. They're starting Ryan Dempster at home in Game 1. Their pitching staff lines up. I, the Dodgers are hot at the right time. It's going to be a really good series. So that's tough. I'm, I will pick the Cubs. I'm also taking the Phillies. Phillies are my team for the National League. I pick them. I think they'll be in... I think I'm taking Phillies over Cubs for the National League pennant. Then, in the American League... I'm sorry, i got to take the Red Sox. As much as that pains me to do. I... The... I know, I know. The Dod- or the Angels won 100 games. They've got a fantastic lineup. 
they cannot beat the Red Sox in the playoffs. They just, there's something, whether it's psychological, the only thing that might happen is Josh Beckett's injured. He's got to wait. Maybe he's available for Game 3. If he doesn't pitch, then I'll go with the Angels. I think the Angels are better set up to win this series because they've already clinched. They were the earliest team to clinch. They're rested, and they can set up their starting pitching. They're 21 games ahead. They have got (laughs) amazing starting pitching. Urban Santana, Joe Saunders... Um, forgetting guys, I know I'm forgetting guys. Shields, Shields. Um, I'm, I'm yeah, definitely forgetting yeah. guys, but they've got amazing starting pitching and they've got an amazing offense. Teixeira, Hunter, uh, Garrett Anderson, Vlad Guerrero, Vlad Guerrero. I forgot Vlad Guerrero. I mean, wow, they That's are true. stacked. And then they got everything. They got stolen bases. Sean Figgins. They've yes. got everything. They've, they've got power. They've got defense. I'm not. I'm not going to argue that they're a great team. It's just I, something. Playoff baseball is different. And as much as I do not like the Boston Red Sox. Now, what about the Rays? You think their first year in the playoffs is a one-and-done first round? No. No. Teams from, so? teams from the AL Central aren't good. There's no. I The Tampa Bay Rays are a good team. If the White Sox can somehow limp into the playoffs, they'll be so worn out. Playing oh, yeah. three games in four nights and these high-stake games, these... Ridiculous They're physically games. and emotionally drained right now. Yeah, they absolutely are. Before the this well, you know, one game playoff. Yeah, but then I do see whoever wins the uh, the Angels and the Red Sox. I see them going on to the World Series. I see them winning the World Series. I that's I could see the Dodgers really that's taking true. it. That's true. I, I could, could see it. There's we'll, always we'll be a dark back horse next week. I mean, I like the Phillies, but the, we'll get more I into said, it once. I said a couple weeks ago to some of my friends, the Dodgers are hot at the right time. And we'll, we, we might touch on it next week, because that's important. Let's get on to some college football here. I know Brandon Brandon was upset. He said, uh, don't talk about the MSU football game the whole hour. Like, well, that is kind of the most important game that we had this week. And we can talk about it till 7.30. We can, yeah, we can talk about it for seven minutes, Brandon. Is that okay seven with you? Seven minutes. He's, he's in the other room. He's, he's smiling. I don't think he's too happy with us. <laughs> but... For those of you who didn't see the game, MSU won 42-29. It was an ugly game. Yeah, me and you were texting back and forth, we and uh, I, our, the MSU defense just made me sick. I can't believe it. we gave up so many big plays. The defense was just... there was The <sighs> tackling was horrible. But that, that's MSU defense for you. It is. It is. And it's just like Notre Dame. I remember the third quarter. They started running screen started plays. Missing tackles. And we didn't make that first tackle. And all of a sudden you're getting 10 yards, 15. Get one over the middle to a speed guy like Thigpen, like Indiana did. And let him go nuts. I mean, Thigpen for them. He had nine rushes for 113 yards and two touchdowns. Then he had also had two catches for 94 yards and a touchdown. Our biggest help in that game was Kellen Lewis leaving. Yes, he because got before he got injured, they were running a two they had both quarterbacks out there. They were just running we little couldn't do like, anything. Yeah. They were running little like out routes and throwing the ball to Kellen just Lewis. Just little dump off passes. Absolutely. And let him make getting, a move. They were averaging like ten yards a catch. Yeah. They were just moving the ball at will yeah. and then Lewis slips and falls on the sideline coming yeah, out of bounds. He just, something he and hurt his ankle. He just ankle. was not the same. That's Kellen Lewis, the Indiana starting quarterback. He got hurt. Didn't play for pretty much 
the whole second quarter. Came back in the third a little late bit. Late third quarter. Yeah, late third quarter. Fourth quarter, he was he played the entire yeah. game. Yeah, and they had their backup quarterback, Chapel, who went 11 for 23. He threw for 107 yards and an interception. He just he wasn't the same. He was more of a pocket passer. Yeah, but w- that 107 yards, Chapel really did not throw the ball well. One of those was it a was home run pass pen. to yeah. touch, a touchdown, a thick yeah. pen. So he, he really would have had over 200 yards, but... They had to play a 97-yard touchdown. It was it was Safety. the most ridiculous set of plays. We pinned them down on the two-yard line or no, something. No, it was like it the half-yard yeah, half. line. Well, the play before it, it should have. We should have had a safety. They ran the ball. Well, they, they, caught, they said forward momentum. Got the ball completely the f- out of the end zone. His helmet didn't even get out of the end zone. And for a safety, you have to get the ball all the way out of the end zone. There is absolutely no way that he got the ball completely out. And they put it on the half-yard line. And, I mean, my Mike and I, my roommate, we were yelling. You and I were texting back and forth how, how the replay should have showed that it was a safety. Somehow they allowed it. Well... Lo and behold, I think two plays later, Justin Kershaw breaks around the end and just gets dragged down on a pass play just in the end zone. Just tackled by the just offensive tackled. And, of course, it's holding in the end zone, which is a safety. And I knew it right away. I saw the play, saw the flag, knew it was a safety. <laughs> it's a holding I didn't even, I just, I just started jumping up and down. I was like, yes, that's the safety. That's all we need. Karma. Yeah, exactly. The play ended up going for a 97-yard touchdown. <laughs> Indiana, their fans are going nuts. They're going crazy. It was a terrible defense, once again by us. All comes back. Take the six points off the board for them. Give two to us. And the the fans were booing, but it was the right call. It's holding in the end zone. It's a safety. Should have been a safety two plays earlier. There's It was a typical Michigan State football shootout because our defense didn't show up. They're, the Indiana defense didn't either, but... We were kind of expecting that. We were expecting Michigan State to press Indiana and really try to contain them, but that didn't happen either. But what really worked for us is Indiana making mistakes. Indiana had over 100 yards of penalties. Yeah. I mean, holding penalties. Um, just their offensive line. Had, just it, two personal fouls in a row. Too many on the field. Personal yeah. fouls. Their I mean, coach got another late hit foul. on Chapel after the interception. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that was a 15-yarder tagged on to it the return by half forward half the distance to the yeah, goal. Yeah, half the distance to the goal. And the Indiana fans are just booing. And you know what? They are The penalties are right on. Oh, yeah. The penalties are right on. They're just fans, and they don't understand. They didn't see the replay as we did in our exactly. in house. Wow. Those um, were the right calls. I have a score update in the baseball game. The Tigers are now down 6-2. to two. Oh, White Sox grand slam. Five runs. I'm not sure what happened. It's just updating real fast whenever I click on it. And they're put up five runs in the bottom of the sixth. I can't imagine that it's going anywhere. That, warm, up, warm up the bus. Yeah. Warm up the Tigers bus. Get them, get them ready to come back home. Last place in the AL Central. Season's over, finally. But then this football game. Javon Ringer, once again, was just a workhorse. 44 carries. He had 198 yards. He had one touchdown. They could have gone for putting him over 200, but they took a knee at the end to run up. I don't mind that. That doesn't bother me. It's fine. But then, 
Hoyer actually had a pretty good day at quarterback. He was 14 of 26. It's decent, decent numbers. 261 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. That's the biggest thing. I think he probably got some confidence back. He hit Charlie Gant, the tight end, who I've been dogging the whole season. There's Charlie two, Gant? Yeah. Yep. There's that two pass. guys I have to have to apologize to and just give it give them credit. Gant made a great catch on that. The safety went for the interception, and he outran two guys you for, be focused for an 82 yard touchdown. Two guys catch. right in front of your face dive for the ball, don't get it, and you still have the concentration to hang on to the ball, catch it, and run, and not stop your momentum. Just keep going forward and run. Yeah. It was. It was a great play, and then he outran the defensive backfield for an 82-yard touchdown. What a pass by Hoyer, though, too. It was. He was, what a pass. He was hitting his spots pretty well. The other guy is Danny Fortner. He is a backup safety. He's, uh, I don't know what happened. Kendall Davis-Clark is injured. Yeah, it was he's, his arm, yeah, elbow, he's, arm. He's obviously more injured than they let on to begin with because he hasn't played in a while. The freshman Brendan Trowick is injured. He's probably going to get a red shirt now since he hasn't played. But Danny Fortner stepped up. He had, it's only recorded as one interception. He actually had two, technically. One was on a two-point conversion try, so that doesn't count towards the stats. The other interception, he deflected a pass, and Ross Weaver picked it off. And he had, Fortner had solid coverage for most of the day. And he, he's finally, I think he's finally getting used to the playing every day, getting used to the position. position. And he is, he's coming around. And another guy that really played well, caused the fumble in the end to end the game completely, to ice it, Chris L. Rucker, yes. made the tackle on uh, their guy, I forgot their name, Belcher. Yeah. Belcher made the tackle. They were, and yeah, I was just driving to get one to salvage another touchdown, and Rucker just put his helmet where the ball was and knocked just it out. popped it clean. Popped it out. Yep, that was great. And it just made me sick, though, how many... Defensive pass interference calls we had. Oh, we don't turn and find the ball. Our our defensive backs do not know when, when the ball's the ball in, the in the air going towards a receiver. They're on. They just get antsy. They start mm-hmm. making contact before the ball comes in. I yep. mean, the rule uh, in college football is you have to at least turn and look at the ball if you're going to make any contact. And even then, you're not really allowed to. The other person I was slightly disappointed in, Otis Wiley. He did not have a great game. And on one of the, the long pass play to Thigpen, Wiley tried to make the huge hit. He didn't go in he, with his arms. He went to hit him with his shoulder, and he just grazed him. He didn't anticipate he took how a fast wrong he angle was. to it, too, yep. and Thigpen was just gone. He took a wrong angle, he went, and by the time yep. he went to the spot he was trying to go to, Thigpen was already And he went for him. the big hit. You could see it. He didn't have his arms out. He didn't try to wrap him up, and then he was gone. And he still, I think, we put Mark Dell back for at least one punt return because Otis, he's just not playing the ball well. Uh, I was holding my breath on every punt return. I don't know what it is with Michigan State, but punt returns, it's always so scary. Jeremy Scott, Terry Love. DeMon Williams. DeMon Williams. DeMon they, Williams. Oh, my gosh. Running backwards, Notre running Dame, the wrong way. It's Notre Dame on a kickoff, taking a knee inside the on 10. The two. <laughs> no, it was inside the 10. It wasn't on the 2, but he started going and then hesitated and then took a knee. Yeah. Oh, it was crazy. You're a football player. Yeah. Make some contact. Go forward. He... I, I was not a fan of DeMond. You are listening to the Spartan Sports Rap here on the Impact 89 FM. I'm Scott. He's Pavel. We're getting to it. I don't know I don't know what Pavel's pointing out there. USC. USC. I just oh, want yeah. to make one more point we, about okay. Javon Ringer. Okay. Um, you know, 
Javon Rayer didn't have 100 yards in the after the first half at halftime. He didn't have. We were kind of talking about over under 150 for yes. Javon. I and, picked over. You know, I picked over as well. I think. <laughs> I'm not but, sure that you made a pick. <laughs> I don't remember, but. What the thing is, though, he kept running two, two yards, three yards, two yards. He's he just so persistent, and he just never got tired. He never, he never got tired. And in the fourth quarter, that's where he got most of his yards. That's where he did most of his damage. Right. I mean, a lot of guys would, you know, slow slow down their production in the fourth quarter. Javon Ringer, he that's where he shines. Stronger. That's where he shines. And the O line's got to love that. They love just being able to just you, you keep running love the ball that as a coach. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. You can give the ball to Javon Ringer in a key game in the fourth quarter, and you know he'll he'll yep. perform, and he's not tired. Yep. If you want to get a hold of us here, our number is four three two three eight nine three. Love to hear what you have to say about this crazy weekend. We'll get to everything else in college football. The top twenty-five, the top ten looks completely different. The top five even completely different. Upsets everywhere. Just crazy games. Okay, this this is the top five last week. According, this is the AP top twenty-five is what I go by. Number one, USC. Number two, Oklahoma. Number three, Georgia. Number four, Florida. Number five, LSU. Okay, three of those teams lost. USC lost Thursday night to the Oregon State Beavers. We were watching that game. It was it was ridiculous. Quiz Rogers, freshman running back for Oregon State, just had a game of his life. Georgia, they got rocked at home by Alabama. The score didn't end up being that big. They were down thirty-one zero. I mean, they made they made a comeback. It was, I'm not I'm not sure. Big, what the big final thing score from was. that score, no Sean Marino is not going to play next week. Exactly. Well, they have a bye next week. He's oh, still yeah, he well, has a serious elbow bruise. I think is what they you know class another as elbow at. injury. Javid Best. From Cal, really? he dislocated his elbow. Oh, and uh, they showed the replay on College Football Live, and uh, he kind of got tackled, and he was going going down, and he fell down, down on sport. a stiff arm. His arm oh. was completely locked, and his elbow just. All I'm seeing is a replay of the Edong Edong Ebok. Oh my god, that's, that's all that's I can exactly see what in my I thought two right years now. ago in the Big Ten tournament. Oh, I, mean, I was there, and I knew and what happened. His elbow was just that. going the wrong way. Yep. Elbows are meant exactly to bend one Exactly what I way. thought of when I saw it. It just oh. made me sick. Oh, yeah. Well, then, number four, Florida. They lost to Ole Miss. Two teams, USC was favored by 25 points over Oregon State. Florida was favored by, I think, 23 and a half. Blocked an extra punt, uh, extra, extra point. point. There was, I think, three minutes left in that Florida game. They scored to, to the touchdown, put them down to one. They, all they need to do is kick the extra point. Gets blocked, and that wasn't the end of the game though. It wasn't. Tim Tebow got stuffed on fourth down. Fourth and one. Tim Tebow, he's a Heisman Trophy winner. He's a great runner. He's huge. He's what, you could have six seen three two forty. Just got stuffed. You could have game seen it over quarterback. Oh yeah, snake. No, everybody knows that that's the play. But still, to have a guy like that not be able to pick up the one yard, and then it was so basically the top five goes from. You know, top ten SEC dominant. Now you now get the top it's all five, Big, Big 12. Twelve. Oklahoma's the new number one. These they teams moved up still have to spot. play each other, though. Exactly. Alabama, after their win over Georgia, moved up to number two. LSU's number three. Missouri four. Texas five. Now the big move here is also Penn State with their win number over six. Illinois. They're up to number six. They jumped six spots from number twelve. 
Then Texas Tech, Texas another Tech, out of nowhere, another undefeated Big Twelve team. Then BYU, they are number eight now, undefeated. USC dropped all the way down to number nine. South Florida, another mid-major school, rounds out the top ten. Then other teams that lost in the top 20, 25, Clemson, Illinois, East Carolina, who will not be ranked for the rest of the season. Two losses in a row. They got smoked by Houston. <laughs> just, I mean, I think it was 42-24. I saw that come across, and I went, wow. That, that, just, that made me feel bad for West Virginia and Virginia Tech, that they would lose to a team that would go on to do that. I, I can't believe we were talking about them running the table. Exactly, exactly. I I feel ashamed to have mentioned that. There's six Big 12 schools now in the top 25. Yeah. Oklahoma State sneaked in there, too. That's Yeah, Oklahoma State's now down at 21. Yeah. Kansas it's, is in there at number 16. It's uh, yeah. pretty impressive. It, and then Vanderbilt's another SEC school. Next week, college game day, Vanderbilt and Auburn. It's not it's fair. Really. College game day just goes to every every week to an the SEC only reason, school. The only reason the college game day ever came to Michigan State was because there was a hurricane down for the SEC game. I remember <laughs> that a couple of years ago when we played Penn they, State. They're all over that SEC. They, oh, they love are. the SEC so much. How but I can tell you this much. I, uh, my prediction before the season started, I thought that we would lose at Cal, Michigan State. Yes. But we would win the next six games, be 6-1, and one, welcoming in Ohio State. Yes. And if that's the case, six and one Michigan State, six and one Ohio State, it could be game day. We win next week. We play Iowa. It's coming in. It's homecoming. A noon game here at Northwestern, which is not going to be easy. Right, but we are ranked in both polls. We're ranked number twenty-seven. Uh, technically not ranked. Where Maryland is in front of us. They have forty-six votes. We have forty-two votes. To get into the top 25, if we keep winning, we've got to assume that these teams, anybody loses, they'll drop out. And Michigan State will get bit, get exactly. in it. At the same time, if we beat Iowa's pretty good. Well, they're all, Iowa's 3-2. and two. They've, they've lost, lost two, two in a row games. to Pitt and then and Northwestern. But Northwestern is right there. We're ranked 27th. Northwestern's 28th or 29th. Yeah, so they're undefeated 5-0. Oh. That's a great team, too, if we can knock them off. We'll be ranked going against Ohio State. And... That should be a great, great game here at Spartan Stadium. Yeah, it'll be. And now for people, I was I was trying to look through and find the recording of last week's show because I made the comment of how I figured USC was favored by so much they should just roll through and they'll play the winner. Of course, that didn't happen. I have to eat my words, and I I was wrong. I. USC always has that the Stanford. Two years ago is Oregon State again. They always lose to a team they shouldn't. It's That is what USC does. They'll win the big games. They're a very talented team. They go out and beat great teams. Then they lose the game they shouldn't. It was UCLA the last game of the year for USC two yeah. years ago. Yeah, I mean, and they'll probably lose another game this year. I, I, don't, I don't think so. I didn't think they would lose a game at all. Uh, granted, yeah, that's <laughs> true, but... They always lose that game and have this realization like, hey, you know what? We can't lose if we still want to be in the national p- title and picture. That's the thing. Now things have changed because a one-loss USC team who lost to Oregon State, who's Oregon State's, they're okay. They've been to bowl games. They're not going to be ranked. No. Quiz Rogers is never going to have a game like that again. Right, right. He's he's a good back. He's a tiny 5'6", 180 pounds, just 
sneaking around. How many unknown name guys have the games of their lives against the number one team in the nation? Exactly. Yeah, it's not not too often does that happen. But USC having one loss, and say a team from the Big Twelve loses a game. Say Missouri loses to Texas. I'm not sure when they play or if they do. Say that's their one loss. They go on to win the Big Twelve, win the Big Twelve championship game. You got to take Missouri over USC. Their one loss is to a much better team. They still went on and won their championship game. Say LSU loses one game in the SEC to Florida. I'm not sure if they play again. They lose that game. Go on. Don't lose another. Win the SEC championship game. Both of those one loss teams are better than a one loss USC team. I I have to give it to them. What about Oklahoma? It, same thing. Vice versa. Pick pick a team and play that. You've got. I mean, we just said you got Oklahoma, Missouri, Texas, Texas Tech. But I, if if Penn State rolls the table, that's that's what'll be, be questionable. They'll be undefeated. It. They have to. Undefeated. People are going to argue. That means they'll have to 10. go through Ohio State. Yeah, um, they have to play at Wisconsin, at Ohio State, back to back weeks, and then I think two weeks after that we come in for the last game of the season. Well, talking about Wisconsin, I mean, they lost to Michigan. They were up big, twenty five by twenty five. They were up by twenty five. And they really needed this game because now, granted, it's in Madison the next two games, but now they face Ohio State and then Penn State. And I'm guessing they're going to lose maybe one of those games. They might lose to Ohio State. They might lose to Penn State. Penn State looks really good. That that Wisconsin-Michigan game, I didn't, I wasn't able to stay for the whole thing because I left. I went and watched the volleyball game against Michigan. But it was so strange. It was upsetting. We're up there, all the Michigan State guys, there's a guy from the State News and the com, the volleyball guys, the stat keepers for the website. We're up there in the press area. There's two Michigan girls wearing jeans and t-shirts. First off, it's a little, it's not very professional, and I'm not sure, you don't really need to say that they weren't attractive, because I said they were from Michigan, so that kind of goes hand in hand. <laughs> but, then, but then they started cheering. Like, they're getting text updates about the game, and they're clapping and getting giddy. First off, there's which I found out, there's no cheering allowed in the press box. It's looked looked down upon heavily because you're not supposed to support one team or another. If you're working. in a football press box, it's you'll silent. learn it. Yeah, you learn very quickly. It's silent. The Michigan State side, at least, because yeah. the opponent side's kind of giddy. Yeah, and gotcha. they cheer. But then, so then they put up the score on the big screen of how Michigan won. And we found out they were getting text updates and just jumping around and. And we were all just, nobody cares. We're at a volleyball game. You're on the campus of Michigan State. We don't want to hear about your football team. Because they were trying to tell us. They were like, oh my gosh, Michigan got the lead. I'm just like, nobody cares. I, I made the comment of, wow, I can't believe that Wisconsin didn't capitalize on those five turnovers in the first half. Then they put the score up on the big screen. They clapped and started cheering. And, I mean, there are people in the stands in front of us that turned around and booed them. And I, I was almost sick hearing that Michigan came back to win that. They were down nineteen nothing at halftime, and like I said, they had five turnovers in the first half. And Wisconsin, who hadn't won in Ann Arbor since nineteen, I think it had been fourteen years. It's the five hundredth game in the Big House. Set up. Michigan is not doing well this year. It's a down year. Wisconsin's ranked number nine. It's set up perfectly for them to come in and just smoke them. Up 19 nothing at halftime. 
They just let the lead slip away. They Michigan scored 27 straight points coming out in the second half. It, 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 remind, it reminded me of when Michigan State played Notre Dame here two years two years ago. Yeah. Because Michigan State was up big, and they just sat on it and let Notre Dame just pick away at it. Mm-hmm. Um, could have been the same with uh, Michigan State up on Michigan uh, in that three-overtime game when yeah. Drew Stanton was Back out. Back in 2004. Yeah. Another one. You just sit on the lead. And Wisconsin, wow. They had, Wisconsin had four turnovers of their own. I know. One interception was returned for a touchdown. That was that was to start the scoring, wasn't it? I'm not sure. I didn't was, I didn't see the second I, half. I th- I'm pretty sure that was to start the scoring for Michigan. Okay. That's that got him on that. Well, then Wisconsin they scored a touchdown with 13 seconds left to get within two points. So of course they go for the two point conversion and they, they got it. They got it. Penalty, illegal man downfield. So five yard. Bring them back five yards. Put the ball on the seven. They throw the ball. A little too high, goes back through the back of the end zone, game over. Just dis- just destroyed them. I mean, the numbers for Michigan were terrible. Stephen Three was 12 for 31 for 96 yards. He threw one touchdown, but he threw two picks. Somehow, Stephen Three ran for 89 yards. That's not Pat White. You That's Stephen Three. I didn't see the game at all. Okay. I was gone, and when I found out that Michigan had won, scored 27 points. I'm like, okay, somebody had to have a good game. McGuffey, he had to run for over 100 yards. No, McGuffey ran for 36 yards. yards 36 yards. Nobody had one of those big stat games. How did they get to 27 points? If their defense hadn't scored a touchdown, they were letting their defense score more points than their offense. Yeah, Michigan's defense isn't that bad. That's, That's the one thing that... They always seem to reload, and they didn't lose. They're just always on the people. field. They always yeah, got to exactly. get better because Michigan turns it over so much on offense. Exactly. But uh, they didn't turn the ball over in the second half, apparently. Wisconsin did, though. Wisconsin did. And P.J. Hill was held to just 70 yards on 22 carries. But then there was just 652 yards of offense combined between both teams. I mean, that's you can see Kurt Warner throw for that much in one game. <laughs> She almost did, <laughs> but I mean that's that's the kind of numbers. That, I mean that's old school Big Ten football. You just knock them out, drag them out, get three yards here and there. But that it's always sickening to see that Michigan won and to see it happen like that. I was just glad that I didn't hear about that story too much because I would have just gotten upset. I mean. Wisconsin, it just kind of shows that they were overrated more than Michigan's really good. And I think people finally started to figure that out. Well, um, I want to talk about a different Big Ten game that really impressed me. It was Northwestern at Iowa. Iowa was up 17-3 to going into halftime. I think, no, no. They were up 17-3 to in Northwestern, down by 14, two touchdowns, came back and won the game. Yeah. Uh, Iowa did not score in the second half at all. It was at Iowa, so Northwestern. I think Iowa you know, scored three points. Northwestern in rolls in, you know, four and zero. They haven't really played anybody. Yeah. Come into Iowa, they're losing seventeen to three. You're thinking, okay, this is where Northwestern really comes back down to, to earth to you know reality. And then CJ and then Bechet. Bechet and Tyrell Sutton. These guys are good. Yeah. These Bechet ended not, up with. 
three touchdowns, 284 yards. They're not that overrated. They're a really good team. They're just outside the top 25. Absolutely. Just like saying. They're, they're right there. I mean, the Big Ten, lots of people are ragging on it. It's not that bad. Penn State's a good team. They're, somehow Penn State is transformed. I, when I think of Penn State, I remember the mid-90s Penn State where they were the best defense you'd find. Their LeVar offense Arrington? was okay, exactly. They had linebacker Corey, university. Corey, Corey Brown. Corey Brown, yes. Mm. And they just their defense was amazing. They'd hold teams to seven points. They'd score ten and win. They're fifth in the nation in scoring. They have like 40.5 points a game right now. Granted, that's against Temple and schools like that. But still... They've got Daryl Clark, their quarterback now. He's actually he's a quarterback. Yeah, he, I thought no. Michael I originally Robinson. thought that he was just an, an athlete who they threw in. Like, oh, you used to be a quarterback, kind of. Go for they it. They love that that, that mobile that quarterback. They, they love that Michael Robinson type. Yeah, the pull a wide out in. And you know how to throw a ball? Yeah, kind of. Oh, you're a quarterback. Go for it. He's he's actually a quarterback. I, I would label him as a quarterback. Before before this, they had Morelli, yeah. Anthony Morelli, who was pretty much a dropback quarterback. And then they had Mills also, yeah. who was also a dropback quarterback. But yeah, and, and then they had Evan Royster, running back, ran for 139. And they um, they beat Illinois 38-24. It was, Illinois was ranked 22 at the time. They... We're coming. Turns find out that they are overrated right now. They're they're struggling, and I wouldn't. Penn State see. also had a kickoff return for a touchdown to start the fourth quarter, so it made it kind of put the game out of reach right then. I don't. I don't think Illinois is that bad. I think they've just played some really stiff competition. I mean, they were able to score the first game of the year on Missouri. They were able to score almost 40 points on them. That's true. Missouri's defense is Unfortunately, terrible. Missouri scored almost 50. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they are able to score 24 points on a really good Penn State defense. And they kept staying in it. I mean, at one point, it was 31-24. Yeah. Penn they State scored, in the fourth they quarter. They scored right at the end yeah. of the uh, third. They yeah, absolutely. start the fourth. They had that so Illinois off. held their own. They're just playing some really good teams. And they're... If we had to play him, I would really, really be afraid of Illinois if Michigan State had to play him this year. But luckily we don't. Oh, and Juice Williams always just tears. Oh, yeah. Then rounding out Big Ten action, Ohio State beat Minnesota 34-21. Minnesota's not that bad. I mean, 21 points on that defense is pretty good. Uh, Beanie Wells came back, ran for 106 yards. Did you see that hurdle he made? That one hurdle over no, a defender? I didn't, I didn't wow, see it. Wow, he completely leaped over I saw him. Terrell Pryor make a run for a touchdown. He ran for 97 yards. Now, Terrell and Pryor really worries me. He is fast. and What, what, what Kellen Lewis was able to do on Michigan State's defense, Terrell Pryor will eat it up. Oh, yeah. Eat it up. It's, it's not good. He is that kind of quarterback that just... Tears our defense apart, especially if we don't make that first tackle. Once he gets, <laughs> if he gets to the second level on the outside, he and he's got the speed where it, it could be scary. Then also Notre Dame beat down Purdue. The game was tied fourteen fourteen at halftime. Notre Dame beat Purdue thirty eight twenty one. They came out and just ran it. Just Jimmy Clausen tore him up twenty four to seven in the second half. I mean. 
it it wasn't even yes close, yes Purdue has Curtis Painter back for his senior year you know yeah. he's a great passer you got to have receivers yeah they, they lost Dustin Keller to the Jets they lost Dorian Bryant they lost their receiving core they've got some young guys over there Curtis Painter needs people to pass to so Purdue could they they might miss a bowl they might not make a bowl this year for first oh. time since. I don't remember when. It's it'd be a while. It could it could be because Northwestern might actually make a bowl. Yeah. That that is true. Northwestern only needs two wins. I was thinking about that. I was thinking if we win next week, we only need two more. We just need we, seven. Absolutely. There's some there's we some good games in the could Big get Ten six. next week. Could get them in six for a bowl. Could could. I was just looking. I got the schedule. Primetime game for the Big Ten next week is Ohio State at Wisconsin. Wisconsin. That's right. It's a good Wisconsin really wants to make up for that loss to Michigan, and Ohio State cannot afford a second loss. Then of course you've got uh, Oregon is playing at USC. I think that's the only top twenty-five matchup going except for Auburn at Auburn Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Yeah. Yep. Other than that, there's not too not too many great games going on. I'm sure there'll probably be some crazy games. Now in the NFL, there's one more game left to be played Monday night. We've got Baltimore playing against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. If you like a boring defensive, yeah. if you want to see a game that's ten seven, that's this game. That's going to be six nine to three. Yeah, I'm you've got say, rookie quarterback three. Joey Flacco, who they don't really trust to throw the ball much. Uh, Richard Mendenhall making his he's, first start. He's got for the, the Steelers. Willis McGahee, who's got his eyes poked by. The well, linebackers he's not, he's not from starting. the Browns. He's not starting. It's Ray I mean, Rice and uh, McLean. Yeah, Ron McLean. And <laughs> and then Ben Roethlisberger doesn't ever. He'll him and his shoulder. He'll be eleven for fourteen with about a hundred and two yards. Did, Pittsburgh's get it, giving up three and a half points. Did you see that news about Richard Mendenhall talking trash earlier no, this week? I didn't see it. Richard Mendenhall sent a message to his buddy Ray Rice. Saying, "Hey, I'm getting to start against you guys. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get some yards against you. I'm gonna run all over that defense." It was supposed <laughs> to be just a text message between him and Ray Rice. Ray Rice showed that text message to the entire Ravens defense. <laughs> I'm sure Ray Lewis loved to <laughs> and, see uh, that. Ed Reed, that is, I, th- I think it was Ed Reed who said, uh, "Keep talking, rookie. Keep talking." <laughs> oh, I would not. There are some guys on that Ravens defense who I would not want to get upset. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Ed Reed exactly. He said, "Thanks for giving us some locker room material, rookie." Oh, that, it's so dumb for people to do that. <laughs> it, but then the bizarre weekend it just continued, even over into the pros. You had Brett Favre, first time in his career, he threw for six touchdowns. Now his opposition in that game, Kurt Warner, threw for four hundred and seventy-two <laughs> yards and lost. And Anquan Bolden got injured in that game, taking off Bolden, the stretcher. It was, it was just, uh, it was sad to see the the Jets had the game in hand. They won. The Jets ended up winning fifty-six to thirty-five. There's a minute left in the game, and the Cardinals, Arizona, are still trying to score. So they throw one to the end zone, and Bolden just got crushed between the corner and the safety. It was a helmet-to-helmet, not intentional by any means from the safety. Got knocked out cold. Anquan Bolden, you could see it. I mean, apparently, he's fine. Which yeah. is fantastic to see. There's Two well, weeks ago, there was a bad play, and then from near future, they said test. They said test results were positive, which positive is a bad thing for test results. 
but I'm not sure. I think they I meant think that they it was meant a positive outcome because yes, of that. Will be positive as yeah, good because as he was not good. He not was talking. Serious. He could move his legs, arms and legs, and he was talking to his teammates on the way off the field. And they said he probably had a slight concussion. I mean, he did get knocked did, out. Did you see after he got hit? It's one of the scariest moments. You see his arms just go limp. They just go out outward yeah. and they go limp. And you know that he can't he doesn't have any feeling, he can't no. control. He was he was literally unconscious. That's how hard he was hit. And even after that, the the Cardinals still threw the ball around. Kurt Warner had five turnovers on his own that he had three interceptions and two fumbles that he lost. I think it was just I mean, yeah, you threw for four hundred and seventy two yards, but you still didn't do anything. Larry Fitzgerald had 122 yards receiving there. Someone else had 122. Anquan Bolton had 119. Okay. That's what it was. Then yeah. another upset, a big upset, if you will. Kansas City beat Denver, which that Denver defense is terrible. Larry that was Johnson, because Larry Johnson over woke up from finally. his nap he was taking since the start of the season. Larry he Johnson. rushed for 198 yards, a couple of touchdowns, or one touchdown. Yeah, and a, and a thing I just wanted to mention, uh, yeah, the Cowboys, they might be the best team in the league. Yes. They did lose. They lost, they to, lost to the, the Redskins. Redskins. The Redskins Clinton are really Portis good. Portis ran for over 100. Jason Campbell's not a bad quarterback. He didn't turn the ball over. He was efficient. They, that's a really good team. They got Santana Moss downfield. Yeah. They got Antoine Randall L. They got a lot of receivers. Devin Thomas has no place yeah, to Devin Thomas get hasn't played. Yeah, he's been on the field. I think he's number eleven. I think I saw him take a few. But he's got. They've got so many receivers in there that. Yeah. But I was going to say that if you did, you hear what Terrell Owens said after the game. No. He said that when they're giving him the ball, when he's getting touches, the the offense is moving. But when he's not getting it, obviously, look what happens. They lose a game. He's opening his mouth talking about it. They're they're still what three and one. They're three and one. Three and one. They're still probably the best team. In the league. That that NFC East is tough. I mean, the Giants, they were off this week. They're undefeated. The Redskins are 3-1. and one. The the Cowboys are 3-1. and one. And the Eagles are now 2-2. Two and two, who They lost to a good Chicago team that could be 4-0 if they had, had everything had gone right. There was just some crazy games. I mean, San Diego won the that Dallas game. That was surprising for a lot of people. And then here... Matt Bryant for the Buccaneers. That, that was a great story. Lost his infant he, son. Yeah, his three-month-old son died in his, in his sleep, sleep during the week. He came out and hit three, four field goals. I think the game winner was fantastic. Second straight was, week he hit the game-winning field yeah, goal. And it was just great. There's that game tonight. I got to go with the home team, Pittsburgh. Just it's, There's so many injuries. I, don't, I have no clue how he can pick. Next week, Iowa comes in here. It's homecoming. Noon game. MSU should roll. MSU Iowa should. has lost two straight games. They go up a lot of yards. There's lots of other games going on. Our women's soccer team is just tearing things up. Laura Habor is just going nuts, scoring goals like crazy. The volleyball team, they knocked off. Michigan was ranked 21 when they came in. Michigan, er, State won both those games over the weekend. We had the team in here. Vanessa King named the Big Ten Player of the Week. They have a tough, tough game. Number one in the nation, returning national champion Penn State. They play at at Penn State on Saturday. I do believe it's on the Big Ten Network at night. That's a team where they brought back everybody, and that should be good. Go out and support your Spartans if you've got nothing else to do. There's games all around. 
Pavel. My name's Scott. This has been the Spartan Sports Wrap on the Impact 89 FM. Thank you for tuning in. Have a good week. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89 FM.